Welcome to Beer Me on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. I live, work, and I love beer here in D.C. Uh, I've been in the beer industry for many, many years, but every week I uh, get to explore the beer world with all of you wonderful listeners. Uh, Every week we'll have a different guest from different facets of the beer world, brewers, importers, bartenders, uh, to help us explore this really fascinating and dynamic world. Whether you are new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. I was given the opportunity to sit down um, with Donovan Stewart from Engine 9 Brewing Company in Tacoma, Washington. We recorded uh, this past Saturday at Right Proper Brew Pub in Shaw in Washington, D.C. This has been pre-recorded, so have a listen. Welcome to a special edition of Beer Me Radio, not recording live at the Lion Hotel as we typically do in Adams Morgan in Washington, D.C. We're recording uh, right proper uh, brew pub in the Shaw in Washington, D.C., so just nearby. Um, I am very lucky to be sitting down with Donovan Stewart, brewer and head of sales of Engine Number no. 9 um, in Tacoma, Washington, uh, Carl Crafts of uh, Shelton Brothers, uh, and Jeff Mello, I understand you're a yeast wrangler. I'm a yeast wrangler for Bootleg Biology in Nashville, Tennessee. That's an amazing title. Thank you. So I'm going to actually dive okay. right in, and, and, <laughs> and I, I, I really want you to explain all of that. So we're, we're a yeast company. Uh, we produce cultures for home brewers and for craft brewers. Um, we try to focus on unique cultures, wild yeast cultures, mixed fermentation cultures, bacteria, and all that good stuff. Um, thing that's going to make unique beers. Um, but we also want to focus on expanding the knowledge of wild yeast and the science behind that. So we have a project where we're trying to source wild yeast from every zip code in the entire country so we can understand where, where the wild yeast is, where it comes from, um, and most importantly, what makes really good beer. So that's our job is to teach other people how to do these things, and then they can help us understand the wild yeast too. Um, and we can help them make better beer with unique cultures that are unique to where they live and where they're from. So we can teach people to make a beer with yeast from their backyard. That's our goal. That's what we're trying to do. So like cool. yeast terroir. Yeast terroir, yeah. Yeah, yeah beer war, for beer, sure. Beer war. <laughs> I love it. What, uh, what areas have you, you know, kind of like something really surprised you? Like, oh, I had no idea this area had extraordinary yeast. So that's, that's the thing is we're trying to build this database, and there's like 44,000-something mm-hmm. um, zip codes in the country. So we're still still learning the basics of this thing. I think one of the interesting things we've learned is that most yeast, most wild yeast that makes beer is actually very similar genetically to brewer's yeast. So you can actually make really nice, clean fermenta- fermenting beer with a wild yeast culture. Um, usually, uh, as a pure culture, they make... Something similar to a Saison or a Whitbeer or a Hef. Um, a lot of people assume it's all Brett. It's all going to be funky. But really, really nice clean beers. Um, sometimes really lager-like. 
Um, so if you want to make something that's unique and local, oftentimes it's actually very similar to a farmhouse beer because that's how they were making their beers too. Because they didn't have pure culture, so they were just kind of working with whatever they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually what most wild cultures are like. And that's something that was shocking to me at first, but now I'm just trying to spread the word that, you know, Brett has an awesome place in these kind of beers, but it's not actually the norm in wild cultures that we find on berries or fruit, um, trees, flowers in the air. Um, so it's a fun way to make beer that's unique but still familiar, I think. We've got a... Uh... We've got a wild culture that um, a homebrewer friend of ours captured probably five or six years ago now and uh, gave it to Shane, who's the head brewer at E9, um, and was able to prop it up, and we get it, been successfully putting it in, in barrels and getting it, uh, getting those inoculated with it. But we use it, uh, primarily we use it uh, for our base beer on a lot of wild uh, fruited beers. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we, uh, we, from time to time, we'll, we'll just do a straight base beer, the Wild Tacoma, and it's... Some amazing like peach stone fruit uh, flavors, um, yeah. It's just it, it it's a really incredible. It's a, a wild sack, a wild bread, um, PDO and and lacto in there. That the PDO is usually the first thing that drops the the pH down on it to give it that tartness. So yeah, I mean it's a it's pretty amazing thing, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it it go it pairs well with uh, fruited fruited beers. So. So, I mean, a lot of the beers that you are producing, you know, have barrel age or they're fruited, um, or you're doing a lot of kind of old school styles. Um, can you kind of talk about the history of uh, E9 a little bit? I mean, this this sure. wasn't always the case. No, no, no. Yeah, it's uh, E9 opened in, or the the brewery itself opened in 1995. It's the first craft brewery in Tacoma. Uh, the restaurant is located in a uh, historical building that was the last uh, pumper truck fire uh, firehouse, uh, horse-drawn pumper truck firehouse. Uh, two guys, it was in, in disrepair, two guys bought the building in 1972 and turned it into the pub and restaurant. And then in 1995, they, uh, they subsequently uh, started the brewery. And that was just mainly to, to feed the, the pub um, standard beers at the time, uh, you know, an amber, a brown ale, a, a, an IPA at that time, which was, you know, obviously a lot more uh, English style. Um, and then about uh, six or seven years ago, uh, X Group Restaurants bought the restaurant, subsequently bought the, the brewery. And, uh, and at that time, Shane got... Uh, Basically, the, the, the main brewer left. Shane um, became the head brewer, and they basically gave him um, like free reign to do what he wanted to do, which was push it more towards Belgian-style be- Belgian beers. Uh, we still do a lot of IPAs and pails and things of that nature for the, well, for the brew pub itself, but also for distribution in Western Washington. Um, but uh, thankfully, Shelton Brothers has been helping us out to, to get our beer out um, now across the country, which is great. So, um, we have a, a separate barrel facility right now that's about has about 220 wine barrels uh, of different natures and uh, and about a dozen or so um, bourbon barrels. Um, but we're currently in uh, in permitting process to do a little expansion with a little bit bigger uh, uh, brew system and hopefully uh, a lot more room for for bigger oak, it's basically nice. some fooders and whatnot. So. So you're on a little East Coast tour right now. I am. I'm on the tail end of it. Today, today, <laughs> today is the last is the last event at the Sovereign. Um, 
started in New York, uh, had an event at As Is, which is Lower East Side, Manhattan, um, was able to cruise all around Manhattan and, and visit accounts there. Uh, Tuesday was at um, Spite and Dival in Brooklyn, was nice. able to was able to tour a bunch of, uh, um, well, a couple of breweries and a bunch of accounts over there as well. Um, and then two days in Boston, uh, Deep Ellum and, um, sorry, Row 34, which is both just amazing, amazing beer bars. Like, um, And then got in yesterday to D.C. and we have this event today at the, at the Sovereign, so... Yeah, it's been it's been pretty incredible. I mean, I couldn't ask for anything better. I don't think you know. So, and Carl, so I mean, with Shelton, it's always you know you guys are always really big on collaborations. Um, I understand that you all did a collaboration with Twadam in um, Switzerland. Yeah, we went out last year and, and brewed a Jordan at Twadam. Uh, Raphael had come by the brewery uh, about two years ago, two and a half years ago. He was he was in the Northwest to go to CBC when it was in Portland. Um, a f- mutual friend of ours, Matt Storm, told him he should stop by Tacoma and, and, and check out E9 uh, if you, on his way back up to Seattle from Portland. And uh, Shane and him hit it off really well. Jordan uh, started his career at, at uh, Jester King. You know, he's actually a, a, a kid from Texas, um, and he's, a, he's just a really, really great guy. We also know uh, Sebastian Sauer as well from uh, Fright Guys, so we went out and made the trip worthwhile. We ended up brewing with him. Uh, Anders Kissmeyer and uh, Jettel, formerly of Nagno, uh, did two brew days in Germany and then spent some time in Brussels and, <laughs> and surrounding awesome breweries <laughs> and then worked our way down to Switzerland to brew with Jordan. Nice. Uh, both of those guys have since come back. Uh, we have a beer right now called La Visitour that uh, Jordan came and, and uh, blended with us out of our barrels uh, last summer. And then we were actually able to take him... Uh, take him down to one of our main farmers uh during the summer they have a, a farm stand and he was able to blend the beer and then take him down there and he was able to pick the fruit that he wanted to put on it so wow. it was it was it's it's, it's a pretty magical pretty amazing beer, beer. Yeah. yeah so that'll be available at the sovereign event today so yeah excited so excited for people to try that one yeah sebastian's been uh back over as well he was uh, i think it was in july he came over and uh uh, we did a like a three-way collaboration with Holy Mountain as well with him. That that beer is still in barrels right now, so it should be coming out somewhat soon and, uh, and hopefully bottled and available. So. Yeah, something I, I really, I mean, not only do I appreciate the Shelton Brothers portfolio, but you know there seems to be a definite drive towards collaboration with with everybody. You know, kind of in that group. Can you talk a little bit about that, Carl? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think uh, one of the cool things, and we were touching on this briefly yesterday and today, um, that the company likes to endorse is, is collaboration, certainly. And, you know, it obviously helps that Twadam and Frygeist are, are in our portfolio. And we all sort of have this this like mind of finding great beer and, and getting people to brew together and, and make more great beer. Um, but Sheldon Brothers has been really really cool at finding the smaller places while they're while they're getting going and, and growing and expanding and, and getting their name out to places that um, they otherwise might not have the the means to do um, so I really appreciate working for a company that facilitates that sort of thing and gets really cool beer to, to some markets that maybe they wouldn't get to otherwise so yeah collaboration is a, a great way to drive that is make it worthwhile get them out Brew some beer, drink some beer, and, yeah. and the the 
I feel like the uh, portfolio, obviously, of of the beers they're bringing into America, um, sit really well with with the with the American breweries that they they support as well. So it's it's kind of a great uh, win win, I think, for yeah, everyone. Absolutely, so absolutely. The the festival every year is is a pretty amazing. Um, yeah, Shilton Brothers puts on a festival. They put on a festival every year. Um, it's usually over 100 breweries, I would say, something yeah. like that. It's yeah. it's pretty overwhelming in a way, but um, <laughs> but it also it's just it's an amazing time. You get to, to drink some beers that you would not not normally see uh, over here and uh, that they import as well as I, they, they don't they don't specifically use all their own breweries, right? I mean, there was there right. was breweries in Atlanta that were from the local local area and. Uh, yeah, it's and usually from other distributors. Exactly. As well. Yeah, we'll we'll have um, we usually f- try to fly uh, brewers or owners over to which makes that sh- festival perhaps a little bit different than most. Is just you're getting getting a teary extra from the man who's been making it for decades and and getting to talk to these people that really were formative in, in craft beer um, in Europe, uh, let alone sort of the uh, the appreciation of of old world beer in the United States so um, combination of having these these old school brewers pouring you beer which is pretty cool and then yeah uh, embracing the, lo- the local amazing beers everywhere now right so wherever we, we end up uh, doing the festival we like to have breweries from that region at the at the festival and, and pouring so it's a cool combination when was it last year? last year it was Atlanta Atlanta and Louisville prior to that and this year? this year is still TBD mm. um I wish I could go on record on that, but <laughs> I, I actually don't have a, a firm answer. I don't. No one does. Yeah. Um, we're working hard on it. We should have uh, should have that set down in the next uh, hopefully few weeks. But if not, you know, next month or two. And nice. Like the track record of keeping in the south. <laughs> yeah. I'm biased. Yeah. <laughs> I know. No, that's a that's a strong move. Uh, so, Engine House Number Nine is uh, you know technically a brew pub. Um, you know, you have a place where people can come, eat, visit, kind of have an experience. Uh, last week when I was talking with Greg Engert, um, we touched a little bit on the experience of going to a brewery or a brew pub and how important that is and how a lot of the things that make it an experience are kind of not necessarily based on the quality of the beer. Correct. That's not to say your beer, your yeah. beer is wonderful. Um, but... I want to talk a little bit about what you all do to, you know, kind of make it a special experience that make it worth the journey, essentially. Sure. Well, um, for the last few years, Shane has also been uh, the, the beer buyer at E9. And so there's, I think, 24 taps right now. And only probably eight or nine of those are our, our own beers. Um, and they've given him free reign in that aspect as well to uh, bring in the beers that he loves and and kind of promote promote the culture that we're trying to to push our beer towards uh, it's there's a there's a couple of really amazing beer bars in Tacoma but E9 typically has like one of the best tap lists in town um, you know thankfully we have a really good uh, um, uh, relationship with Shelton Brothers so we get a lot of really great beers from them uh, but yeah we're it, it, it's interesting because uh, Tacoma itself like I would say the the general public aren't really into sours or saisons um which is fine uh we I, like i said we still do um ipas and and like 
Amber is probably our, our highest selling uh, a beer of our own. Nothing wrong with yeah, it. Yeah, right. Amber. <laughs> yeah, B- Belgian wit that we uh, try our hardest to, to uh, emulate uh, Allagash White as, as much as we can because Allagash isn't available anymore in, in Washington, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, so we, we, we try to, uh, you know, kind of curate a, a, a beer list that is complementary to the beers that we make as well. Um, and and I, th- I feel like we also try to draw people maybe from Seattle that are uh, that are beer geeks that are um, wouldn't necessarily want to come to Tacoma. You know, we try to get them in the, in the place as well. It's right next to uh, um, uh, University of Puget Sound. So since they've been open in the mid '70s, uh, there's a huge uh, like it's just a local crowd that comes in. So anytime that's like the holidays, there's people that you know used to come in in the '70s that come in. You know, that are in town. To, people that, that used to go to college right there uh, but yeah it's uh it's a it's a pretty cool spot itself uh, i mean the building is you know it's it's a has a lot of character to it um yeah so we just try to try to draw as many people in um i was i was joking with somebody last night that uh our, our friends at holy mountain they're uh, you know they do uh, bottle and can releases and they're other than maybe fremont for their bourbon barrel age stuff they're pretty much the only brewery in Seattle that are uh, in the, in our region that can get people to line up, you know, and like early in the morning line up for for these releases. And it uh, it wasn't until we did it that we released a, a collaboration blend with uh, Trevor from Degard that we actually got a line in Tacoma, and, and, it, and it was it. and it was it was twelve people long. There was like there was literally twelve people waiting outside. So I, you know. They didn't. They didn't check Google or whatever, and, and see that the restaurant doesn't open till eleven. But they were there at nine a.m. Like wait, wait, waiting for these bottles that there was plenty of. There was no like limit on the bottles, so it was like, I don't know. I, hopefully, it wasn't a letdown for them. But uh, well, I, I think you know, just, I'm I'm originally from Tacoma, so yeah. I know Don and um, Shane. But I think I think of like Tacoma as kind of being a really tight knit community too. It's like everyone wants to think of the Northwest as Seattle, but Tacoma is kind of like the stepbrother that people don't talk about. And, like, just for... I have no sense of geography yeah. for the state of Washington. Uh, How far... Where it's are about, we... It's about uh, 30 miles south of uh, south of Seattle mm-hmm. um, on I-5, kind of in between Olympia and Seattle. Uh, yeah, it takes closer to an hour now to get there because the traffic is, is so insane. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's just south of, south of Seattle. So it's this, like, community... Yeah, it's, it's more like more working class... Mm-hmm. Um, like Don was saying, there's some universities there, but it's still just got this pocket of uniqueness, and the downtown area has gotten really revitalized too. And I think having this growing craft beer scene has really changed changed those things too. And so I think if people aren't knowing what's going on, it's because people don't know what's going on in Tacoma really. So I think that's what's really exciting about E9 really kind of spreading its wings and getting out um, out of the Northwest, as people can see. There's a lot of really cool things going on that people just don't know about, but the beer geeks haven't gotten whiff of yet. But they're going to now, and it's gonna—you guys are gonna ruin Tacoma because everyone's gonna know about Tacoma now. But yeah. well, and uh, and Shane and I, we have like kind of an unspoken uh, agreement not to ever really uh, talk smack about any of the other brewers in Tacoma. There's a, there's a bunch of really great brewers and and breweries, but they're not none of them are really ex- expanded outside of the city, um, which is fine. That's you know, that, that's just the way it is. I mean, we, like I was saying earlier, like people in Tacoma don't necessarily, and this is overgeneralization, but people don't typically have a taste for fruited sours or, or saisons. 
per se, but um, we also have a distributor in Seattle that we can just we can unload as much beer on them as, as they want, and it, and it's gone. Like the 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 um, uh, beer places in Seattle just eat it up, which is great. And now that we've kind of started to expand with the with the barrel program and, and actually have a little bit more beer to go out, um, and hopefully with this expansion that'll be happening later this year. Uh, be able to supply places like Washington, uh, D.C., Boston, New York. Um, still trying to keep it somewhat uh, localized uh, as far as the, the target markets, which is great. Shelton Brothers have um, great connections in, in all three of those uh, those areas. So we're not trying to conquer the world, basically, but we're definitely, you know, like trying to get out there a little, more. Get out there a little more. Well, I mean, the, the beers that you're making um, are beautiful, uh, but... They take a lot of work, a lot of effort. This isn't, you know, you're not kind of hitching your wagon to some sour fad and kind of pumping things out as quickly as possible. There are some of these that take years. Yep. Um, so, what are we what are we drinking right now? This is you this know, is this the, is a great the Duvu Monde. Uh, it literally translates to Old World. Um, it's it's Shane's. Uh, this is one of Shane and I's uh, favorite beers to drink of ours. Uh, it's just a classic nod to, to old school saison. Uh, um, it's uh, it's aged in oak. Uh, we bottle condition it. Uh, all of our all of our bottle product is, is bottle conditioned, cork and cage. Um, this particular beer, uh, we will rack out of barrels and we'll fill the barrels and then uh, back blend in whatever's left, basically, of, the, of that batch of fresh saison back into it. A um, little beer de Coupe-Rouge. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just a straight, nice uh, six and 6.8 uh, ABV saison. We try to keep our, our saison bases um, in the mid-sixes. We don't really like to push the, the alcohol levels too much. Um, and when we're doing our fruited beers, we really, we really try to to blend to the fruit that we're putting them on. We, you know, we don't we don't want to like take people's uh, enamel off their teeth and burn their esophaguses. You know, that's like we try to keep things as balanced as possible. So, um, so yeah, it's like it's a we're not like getting out devices to figure out how we're doing this blend. It's all done basically on on what we know the finished product's going to be. Um, we've got a couple of farmers that we work with that are that are producing amazing fruit, um, so we were able to uh, to get the fruit beforehand and, and blend to it, knowing mm-hmm. like, all right, well maybe the raspberries this year are going to be are sweeter than they were last year or something like that, and we're able to blend in that so, in that direction. But like, what what does that process exactly look like for for somebody who has you know very yeah. little brewing experience or, or you know kind of just dipping their foot in the pond here, like just farmers show up with raspberry samples and you're tasting the raspberries uh we uh the well the local farmer Storino farms in the puyallup valley um the owner actually went to high school with one of our owners so they have a a really great connection so literally john will be like text jake and be like hey like what do you have available right now Mm -hmm. like what do you have a lot of that we can get you know we 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 generously uh fruit our beers it's somewhere around two pounds per gallon um so and and we're not working with huge volumes, uh, just simply because uh, because of the system that we work on. Um, typically, uh, one batch of if we're, if it's a saison and it and it, and it uh, ferments in stainless and we're putting it down there, we're talking a, a seven barrel batch. So mm-hmm. um, we're yeah, I mean, and, and just constraints in the, within the brewery itself. We'll we'll uh, 
do a blend. So obviously we have a, a, a lot of barrels that are full of beer right now, and we're able to blend uh, per the batches that we put in there and, uh, and rack them out. We bring them up. Uh, we put them in a stainless blending tank, usually uh, on fruit, whole fruit, always. Uh, but yeah, the, the farmers themselves are, are, are like key to, to us, you know, doing, doing some of these fruited beers. So it's, it's, it's really good relationship that we have with them. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Does that, awesome. does that answer no, your question? That does. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> no, it's kind of, good. I don't think a lot of people realize is that the Northwest is just like a great place to be if you like working with fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, living in the South, the summers are brutal. Yeah. And the Northwest, it's just you know, an embarrassment of riches for fruit. <laughs> like, people are literally locating their breweries now in the Northwest so they can have access to this great, great fruit options. The like hops. Oregon is like the number one producer of pears or something like that? Or? Yeah. 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 It's just a great be- place to be when you're a brewer who wants to work with a, a wide range of palate. And like fruits, you know, you're looking for certain levels of acidity and all these kind of things that you get to choose from the best of the crops, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think the duel is actually kind of a good example of that. Is Yeah. So we so we, we mainly use, uh, well, not mainly use, but we have a local farmer, Storino Farms in the Puyallup Valley. And then um, another farmer that's on the east side of the Cascades, which is the, the main mountain range that, that basically divides uh, east and western uh, Washington. And he's got a ton of orchards, Diamondback Acres. They're uh, predominantly organic apples and, um, and cherries and some stone fruit. Uh, and so the Duel is a, is a wild ale. It's a, a blend of uh, two-year, 18-month, and one-year-old uh, wild ale barrels. Uh, and we basically use uh, Bing cherries from from Diamondback and red raspberries from Storino, and kind of like let let them duel it out in the beer. <laughs> and it's it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty awesome beer itself. It's it's changed. It, it's it's a changing kind of yeah. uh, beer that, um, especially the when you uh, bottle condition. You know, I mean the draft is 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 amazing too. But the the um, bottle condition beer is is really incredible too. So and to your point. It's just not every day you have that embarrassment of riches where you yeah. have these great relationships with farmers that are making yeah. unbelievable or growing yeah, rather unbelievable fruit. We're it's really lucky to, cool. to know them, yeah, for sure. Yeah, pretty so. awesome. Well, that is amazing. I'm sure that we will be seeing a lot of um, E9 beers creeping their way on the East Coast. What do you think of DC so far? I know you've only been here for maybe what 24 hours. It's it's changed quite a bit. You know, I haven't been here in like about 10 years. Uh, last night we went and had uh, an amazing dinner uh, at Hazel, uh, which is right across the street from the 9:30 Club. And the last time I was at the 9:30 Club was probably about 12 years ago, and that neighborhood did not look like that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was crazy. It's, it's uh, is it's pretty gentrified, but uh, I mean it was like. When you, when you, uh, you know, I, I've been in bands my whole life, and that was the last time I was there. Basically, I was on tour with this band, and uh, yeah, you like kept an eye on the van that was out front. You know, you didn't, you didn't really venture too far around if you, if you knew it was good for you. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, the whole East Coast actually. Uh, we went and toured the uh, uh, production facility at, at uh, Trillium in Canton uh, two days ago as well, and that just like the. The haze craze it's just just blows my mind. I mean, oh, obvi- obviously, obviously, everybody knows about that. Beers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and everyone's doing it. You know, the the there's breweries all all across the the Northwest and California that are doing like trying to emulate that same uh, same style. But um, they literally have built their whole business model around. I mean, they're 
they're doing some pretty amazing uh, wild ales and, and saison stuff as well. But uh, I mean, that facility was built on people coming and buying four packs of, of cans, basically of it's hazy crazy. IPA cans. So, Absolutely so it's a yeah, it's a beautiful facility for sure. Yeah. So. What else do you have on the docket for uh, D.C.? Uh, we just had the event tonight, mm-hmm. um, or today actually, at the Sovereign, which we're really excited about. We were able to go, uh, Carl used to uh, general manage, uh, assistant, GM, uh, yep. assistant GM at a church key, so we went to church key last night, and um, yeah, there's just... That's for, was formerly the general manager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, it's... The, the East Coast is it, like some of the beer lists I've seen at these places are just it's just blowing my mind. It's just really blowing my mind. So, awesome. Yeah. Wait, now, yeah. now, now, guys, what band were you in? Uh, well, at that time, I was I was touring with uh, Andrew Will Knows by the Trail of Dead. Um, I worked with them for a couple years. Uh, you know, uh, basically guitar teching for them, and at one point got to got to play on a, a, a small tour in, in Europe with them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just I've been in a bunch of other weird bands that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> we just cram into a van and, and hit the road, kind of thing. Uh, back before the internet age, it was, it was, it was. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm an old dude, so <laughs> let's just put it that way. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you very much for yeah. taking the time on your whirlwind East Coast tour, um, and hopefully we'll see you again in DC. I'm yeah, sure yeah. that we're going to see these beers. Um, definitely, if you are out and about in D.C. and you see it, buy it. If you're out in Tacoma, visit. Yeah, for and, sure. If you're, um, if you're just coming to Seattle for beer, you should make the uh, half-hour trek south and come to Tacoma as well. Yeah. There's it's, some other amazing beer bars and, and breweries down there, too, as well. And I'm glad I get to see Jeff. Yeah, like, awesome. I haven't yeah. seen him since uh, Zwanzi Day, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's the a last random time. coincidence being in town at the same time. Yeah. So. <laughs> Where did you all do Zwanzi Day? Uh, that it was at a, a really small beer bar called uh, Slow Boat mm-hmm. um, in Hillman City. Uh, Ken Provost is, is a pretty big. He, him and Matt Storm at Masonry are basically the two biggest buyers of Shelton Brother products. So they they battle it out each year as to who who gets to do the onesie day. And yeah. Matt Matt just opened a bigger version of uh, of Masonry, so I'm pretty sure that he'll get it next year. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm assuming. Right. <laughs> I think it's safe, <laughs> safe, a safe bet. But yeah, both those guys are are um, are great to have in the beer community. Like, really, really opening up people's eyes and and minds to, to great beer. So, well, check out our previous episode uh, with Colleen Gillespie when we talk about Zwanzi Day. Uh, check out our other episodes. Um, this has been Beer Me, especially recorded at uh, Right Proper um, in the Shaw. And we will see you on Mondays at 11 uh, at the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C. Thank you all very much. Thank you very much. Thanks very much.